Hello, welcome to Jade's Voice. I'm your host, Jade, and tonight we're talking about good music. Uh, you can hear <laughs> I am playing some right now. Um, and let me turn it down some. I was cleaning my room and enjoying the good vibes and enjoying some music, some music music. Where you can listen to music and it makes you feel good. You can listen to music and you can feel the emotion of the person who is singing it, whether they love the person or they love them and just wanted to rip their clothes off. You know, it wasn't all of this crazy nonsense that are in songs today. Yeah, we had some. We had some. You know, I hey, I grew up in the 80s. I was a teen in the 90s. So I know the music, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was a little girl in the 80s and a teen in the 90s, and I, I understood the music, baby. Uh, I know what was out there and what started to come out there, but it was nothing like it is today. Whoo, nothing. Now, we had different genres of music. You had your southern hip-hop talked about booty shaking and was dancing and stuff like that, and yeah, they were talking about women and calling them all kind of hoes and bitches and sluts and what they can do on the dick and everything like that. Excuse my language. But you listen to that music for that. It wasn't in almost every song you heard, no matter who the artist was or where they were from. All right, and that's what changed. And then they went from, you know, really telling men to just screw women to uh, talking about not doing nothing for a woman and they're not suckers and I mean everything that made our black man precious and and made us look at them as our kings the music stripped away right okay and it didn't just affect our man it affected every nationality of man who listened to their music who continues to listen to it now, songs came out like Miss Independent and stuff like that, which was cool because women were already securing their own bag. But a man knew and he wanted to, see, not know, a man wanted to provide and take care of a woman and make sure she's safe and didn't want or need for anything when he loved her. And I see so many couples with this new age attitude where the woman is like, I'm making all the money, so I don't need a man. What? Oh, I don't need no woman. I have enough money. All I can do is pay a couple girls, come over a couple times a week, and I'm good. Like, what? It's just crazy how cultural influences um, have affected family, the family structure in a lot of homes, in a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of different races, a lot of different countries, you know, and it's usually publicized about African-American fathers leaving their children, right? I saw this video, it's an old one, where this cop came out on this cop, on this talk show, and he was trying to scare the little boy. He was a Caucasian little boy. 
and he was saying, do you want me to be your dad for, for, for two years coming down here? He was like, yes. And the man said, you do? He said, why? He said, because I don't have one. That man broke down. That big drill sergeant who was all in the boy face trying to scare him, broke down, hugged him, and walked him off stage, gave him a hug, and was talking to him like, families are broken, incomplete, missing. Then you have people who have settled to be with other people, didn't follow their true heart was being spiteful, petty, worrying about what other people were going to say. And they weren't happy in their lives. And then they chose a partner where it was not a good atmosphere for them or the children they created. That person wasn't their person. And they were forcing themselves because they made a mistake. And instead of saying, okay, I can admit I'm wrong. Let me several ties. Let me pick my life up, get myself together. And if it's meant for me and my person to be together, we will be. No, stay in it 20 something years. Have between three and six children and are miserable. I can say that because it happened to me. I was being petty, but I, I, I had a right to be, but I still took it too far. And I was given three different opportunities to say, you know what? Okay. You're right. You my, you're my person. I'm your person. I love you. You love me. Let me get this situation taken care of. Get this person out of my house. And we can start back. We're going to have to start building trust with each other and stuff like that, you know, and start back. It probably won't never be the same as it was. Yeah, it might be even better, right? So I didn't do that. And by me not doing that, I made a family with a person who, yes, I cared about this person. Yes, I love this person. Yes, we had beautiful, a beautiful family together, but he wasn't my person and his family wasn't the kind of family I needed to be involved in right yeah. me and my kids had a hard life because I chose incorrectly and even though I'd already had two you know two children when me and my person got back together and that you couldn't tell anybody anything those are his babies. I didn't know it wasn't his babies. But those are his babies in his heart. And he loved them. And he... it was That was just it. My person. And... We... Me and the person I made a family with. Take nothing from him. He loved me and I loved him. But... It was too hard... It's not supposed to be a struggle at every turn with everything. It was too hard. And I wasn't his person. I'm the woman he wanted to have all his babies. I'm the woman he wanted to walk around and say, yeah, that's my wife. 
Look at her pretty face and her long hair. Look at her demeanor, how she is in person, you know, when she's out in public, how she handles herself. Yes, I was that person for him, but I wasn't his person. Okay? And how he realized he wasn't my person wasn't something I tried to do. I'll never forget this conversation. We were sitting there, and he asked me why me and my person was not together. And when I told him why, I said, but you have to understand this. And I started speaking. I didn't realize when I was talking about this man, I was smiling the entire time. I didn't realize the look I had on my face. When I paid attention to his face and I frowned a little bit and he was like, you really love him. I said, what? He said, the smile you had on your face and the look of love you had on your face when you talked about him. You really love him. He knew that's the man who had my heart. And it hurt me for him to see that. I, that wasn't something I wanted him to see. It wasn't something I did intentionally. But he wanted to have a real heart to heart. And I had one with him. I, you know. We were trying to fix what was going on in our relationship by other people, you know, adding things in that weren't true trying to cause chaos in the home. And see, I'm not one to allow that, but he was. He listened to that kind of stuff because he trusted the sources. And unfortunately, you know, it was one of his family members who had said it to a couple other family members who were like, man, I heard the same thing from her, you know, and he actually would believe it and it would start an argument. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Listen. I've never been a woman to just like run the street crazy. When I was younger, I didn't have any children, no family. I went out, you know, I went to a club or two, but I never was a club rat. I wasn't at the club every, whatever days of the week they have specials or, you know, there for certain times. I would go when I felt like going. And usually every family members ask me to go. I never just went on my own. They would want me to go because honey, I was a dancer. I am a dancer. Honey, I could cut rug. What? So all eyes would always be on me. I would always steal the spotlight whenever we went out to dance, even in a club full of people at house parties. I, look, I was the person you wanted with you if you wanted to dance, okay? So, you know, <laughs> I did do that, but I was never, you know, I mean, that wasn't my thing. If I wanted to have something to drink, I have me a drink or two at the house and leave it at that. I wasn't a fall down sloppy drunk. I, I never, you know, that's not how I handled myself. I was always a lady in the street, always. I respected myself. I didn't dress like a slore. I didn't handle myself like a slore. And um, I can cook my behind off, okay? So I was I was wifey material at an early age, put it that way. So <laughs> the same person was wreaking havoc in my life for years, who is, you know, saying things about our relationship, trying to, you know, 
come between our relationship or whatever. And it wasn't just that one. She did that with my person. You know, she was lying, saying I was having people come over when he left to go, you know, go to work or go to his brothers or hang, you know, with his dudes. I mean, just, she's not, she wasn't my friend. And someone tried to tell me that earlier. I was like, nah, she wouldn't do that to me. I didn't believe it until, yep, I found out it all. I was like, what? And even after my significant other, the person I made my life with passed, she was still doing the same thing. You know, that this is cousin. And she was lying to people. Saying I said all these horrible things. I did all these horrible things. And I'm like, why would you do that? And it was because she didn't want me to know. She didn't want them talking to me. So she caused a rift between us. So we couldn't talk to each other. And they couldn't see that. And I couldn't see that. Just like she was carrying a bone about me. She was carrying bones about them. And she was dropping them off in both places. And as far as it came to me, she wasn't telling the truth. I don't know if some of the stuff with them was true or not, but I don't know. Oh, why are you talking to them? I wouldn't talk to them. I'm, what? What do you mean? So I was like, they lost him just like I did because he passed an unexpectedly massive heart attack. I went to the hospital, walking and talking, told him how he was feeling, went in the ambulance, and because of his age, his weight, and the way he looked, they dismissed it his symptoms and they set him in the front and when they set him in the front I called when I found out he was in the front had been taken to the back I complained and cursed on my way to because you know I had to get the kids ready to go Uh, and I did that kind of fast like in less than 30 minutes and we were on the road you know me and five kids were getting ready because I thought the Emma was at, uh, at his mother's house already so, you know, it was crazy. And like, we went, we was, we was like literally less than two minutes away on the back street getting ready to turn. So we turned the parking lot, find a parking space. And they called and said, hey, hurry up, he's really sick. When I got in there, they put us in the family room. And I was like, oh my goodness. It's never good news when they put you in the family waiting room in the ER, right? The nurse is running back and forth, asking me all kind of medical questions. I'm like, what's going on? The doctor come talk to you. I mean, for like 40 minutes, they were running back and forth. Finally, the doctor and the nurse came out. And when I looked at her, I said, well, what's going on with him? And she looked at me and she had this look of sadness on her face. And she put her head down. I'm like, oh my God, do you have pneumonia? What's going on? I didn't know what was going on. They told me that boy wasn't here no more. I lost it. Because like I said, I loved him. I, re- I really did. I loved him. I, I, I tried everything I could to help him be the man he, he wanted to be, the man he talked about being. I gave him every opportunity. I helped him in any way I could, but it wasn't for me to do. He had to pull the trigger and he had to let go of his mother controlling ways. He had to stop letting her manipulate and control him. And that's exactly what she did. She manipulated him and she controlled him.
you know, and it, it was sad. And and I never forget when he told me when he told his mom about how well I treated him uh, when we first moved in together. Not first into the relationship, but we started cohabitating. She told this man that I was trying to seduce him and to be careful, I'm trying to manipulate him. Nobody is that nice. Now, as a mother, my son, I have one son and I have five daughters. If my son came to me and told me that he had a woman loving him, respecting him, making him feel like a man should, helping him, you know, want to do better with his life himself, you know, for, for them and their family. I would be so happy I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't speak negative about it. I wouldn't say, oh, when well, she being nice, you know, you don't need to be nice. You need to let her know that, you know, that isn't going to work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And see, he told me this and she don't know he told me this. I know she don't. But why would you try to make your son feel like love was something bad to have? Because she didn't really give him love. And I didn't understand that until I saw the relationship with my own eyes, the way, why he was the way that he was. And when a family member was like, hey, she been doing it like that since he was a little boy. I was like, what? Nobody stepped in, nobody tried to help him. Nobody wanted to deal with her and her foolishness. So because family sat back and watched this woman, mine screw her son. Making him long for her affection to the point where as soon as she asked him to do something, he running and breaking his neck to do it to try to get her approval. You know, she played mind games with him like he was a dude on the street. That's what you do to your flunkies. So I've heard. I don't, I don't, know. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't know. I don't know. But I've heard that's what, what men and women do to their flunkies. Somebody who they don't really want, but... When they want them around, you know, they want them to be, you know, at their beck and call. That's the kind of mind game she played with her own child. And it's, it's sad. And it's ridiculous. So, no matter how much I loved him, no matter how much I was there for him, no matter how much I respect him and tried to be a positive influence on his life, that hold his mother had on him, and the way he thought love was supposed to be, was already ingrained in him. It was embedded in him. He was 18. First time we gave it a go. But, you know, it was too late by then. Now I can say, when we stayed in a separate state from his mother, her influence wasn't as strong. But, she would tell him to do things to cause conflict in the house and he would be silly enough to listen and one that once that happened our bond was fractured and broken and she knew she could get her claws back in him again the way she had right she never totally lost her influence on him it's just it just wouldn't be as strong but when she saw it was a weak point she pounced.
whenever she wasn't allowed to dictate anything to him, meaning he he stood up and was like, no, I don't think that's right. I'm not going to do that. Life was good. But you guys probably figured out those times were very far and few in between. Life was hard and miserable. And I went from a relationship where this man would look at, as soon as he see my face, he would light up with a smile. You can see the love for me on his face. He held my hand. He opened every door for me. And when he opened the door for me, he would put his hand on the small of my back to let me go first. He would drive, take out the trash without me asking. Just simple things that a man do to show you he care and love you. And in return, oh shit, meals cooked, house clean, lay it down, you know, you know. <laughs> Listen. He contributed to bills, you know, he was supposed to. Had I married that man, I wouldn't have had the health challenges that I have now and that I've dealt with in the past because the stress, right? When you have rheumatoid arthritis, stress exacerbates everything. You have flare-ups, it messes with your joint, all the inflammation, messes with your mobility, which in turn affects your weight. And a lot of other things. And then you develop other things like fibromyalgia and, you know, and all listen and osteo and all that because it's a triple threat and it's just crazy how stress has taken me from being when I stepped out of a vehicle walk around the corner people going dang to now people see me going dang she was life of the party she was always you know going and 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 having fun and enjoying life. I ended up on a walker in my early 40s. But that's not gonna last for long. I am getting my physical therapy back started. I'm getting a lap band to get this extra weight off. Changing my diet. Trying to find me some yams so I can make me some yam and plantain stew. Make me some brown stew chicken, some jollof rice. YouTube have a lot of educational videos to show you how to eat food that's going to be good to you. And in turn, by you doing that, you're being good to your body, right? So that's 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 my next step, right? Not no fad diet, fast and that and my also my Tava my Tava Life tea, that detox tea. When I'm talking about ten pounds in four days. But your mobility have to be up to par because 
You can't take that tea and barely make it to the bathroom, baby. <laughs> you be it'll be a mess. I'll just say it will be a whole total and complete mess. Right? It will be a mess if you do that. People don't understand that. <laughs> so I had lost 47 pounds using it. And I was good. And then I had a flare-up, back-to-back flare-ups, and wasn't doing as much. And my mobility kind of tanked itself. And it was just crazy. So, but you know. Back to my initial subject with the music and why it's important. I grew up listening to Serious love songs, right? No BSing. Romance. Men knew how to treat women. Women knew how to treat men. All right? Of course, they had where people did their little cheating and stuff, but them songs, Secret Lovers and all. You know, but it wasn't to the extent it is now. Like, it, it, it became a whole culture to have a side piece, whether you are male or female, right? A side dude and a side woman, a side chick, that became a whole culture, like what? Like you just replaced a husband and wife with side pieces. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand how that is okay. Right? This song's like Silk Lose Control and you know, other songs like that. Yeah, they were talking about sex, but it was with the person they love. They wanted to express their love in a physical manifestation. They was trying to do some soul snatching or rearranging with their love making with that person. Right? You know, if you feel like loving me is another one. They're not talking to 20 women or any woman saying they could get it. They're talking to their woman. So, you know, the mentality of the youth comes from the influence of the music that they listen to. Right? Lay down, baby. Mommy was moving her stuff out the way. Okay? And I woke up Destiny because I had some stuff on my bed because I was arranging the room. Lay down, mama. I'm coming. And uh, I was trying to move it out of the way. I had it in the way. You know, the bed shouldn't be stacked with things. I was trying to get this out of the way. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I just really wish core values of society would go back to what they need to. 
instead of this death language all for self just get over on that pillow I'm coming right now get uh uh-uh, get over there so mommy get in the bed all the way hold up put your legs this way come on sorry guys so I really wish you know that would happen it happens sometime soon cause baby you know this world really it needs a healing as far as our family dynamics and, and the goals people have in life as far as family and relationships and ugh, things of that nature I just I really really want that to be better You know, for the world as a whole, not just for my children, me, but for the world as a whole, because we need it. There needs to be more love and care and compassion and tenderness for people than what's going on now. And this death language that they're speaking. When kids and young adults and even older people talk about they dead from laughing. No, you're not. It's hilarious. You can say you done. Or, you know, it's too funny. But don't keep calling death and stuff on yourself. You know? It's just... And that's not the only thing, but that's just one example. That, that's one of my pet peeves. My kids say that. No, the hell you're not. Don't say that. You know, I just, I really wish people would get it together. So, I don't know. Hopefully, things will work out soon for everyone. I mean, for all those of us who have a light to shine in this world, to help others and guide them to do better and know better, um, that's our duty. That's our obligation to do such a thing. And I have no problem fulfilling mine. I'm a healer spiritually, emotionally, and physically. My voice, my love, my magic touch others and transform them and they are not the same after my encounter. And that's me. I love helping others and I love help guiding people the right way. You know, if I can help you and show you the right way to go and it's going to benefit you and your family. If you don't have a family, benefit you as a person. This world will be a better place because, hey, the more people set on the right path, that'll mean our path that we choose for them, but the right path is right for them. You know, that's that, that'll really be a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I want to say thank you guys tonight for being here with me and enjoying some nice music playing in the background. Uh, Tevin Campbell's on now. 
you know, <laughs> I'm in my reminiscent phases. And I'm going to say one more thing about music. There's one song that will always have a special place in my heart. The music is healing. Music is sensual. Music brings joy. It can even help you grieve and bring all the tears that you need to to cleanse yourself so you can be ready for the good things in life. Okay? It was Luther Vandross. If only for one night. This man, my person, after we hadn't seen each other for a little bit or talked, he took me to the store, kept me out all day. You know, good thing my two kids were with my grandmother. Um, <laughs> song came on, he held my hands and looked at me, looked me in my eyes. He couldn't sing worth poo. But that was the best thing I ever heard in my life because it came from his heart. He looked me in my eyes, and when he said for one night, he wanted forever, and so did I. And he sung and sung the whole song until it went out word for word. Never took his eyes off me. When you have your person, and you're lucky enough to be in that person's life in any capacity friendship if that's your husband if that's your wife if that's your girlfriend if that's your best friend love them let them know their loves don't let others come in between your love with nonsense because they will because they're not happy that you have your person and they don't have their person See, a lot of times, a lot of things people do are, you know, it's all a jealousy. Love your person. And love yourself. Allow yourself to be loved. If you need to do some self-healing to make sure you can be loved, do so. Because I'm on my journey of self-healing. I've had suffered some major grief in my life. And this month of April... Especially, I'm going to tell you why. And then I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast. Let me turn this music off. Month of April. First person I lost in April was my mother. The next person was Joe. I had a child with him, my oldest. The next person was the person I was sharing my life with. And we had five beautiful children. You can't tell them that. Six, six, six. So anybody that we had five, and he will have a fit. He would have had a fit. He would. That's my child. I don't know what you're talking about. Unfortunately, her dad was. If he wasn't with me, he didn't want to be a dad. So she had a dad. She loved her dad. You know. He was a good dad. He just wasn't a great provider. He wasn't a good provider. He wasn't a provider at all. 
I made everything happen. And it was it was just too much. And I made my bed and I had to lie in it, I felt. I felt like I had to suffer in it and wallow in it with all the thorns and nails and backstabbing and anger and because of what I did and I lost my person because of it. So love your person, love yourself. And a couple of months after losing a person, I shared my life and I lost my grandmother. She was like a second mother to me. See, I lost my mother in my twenties. My grandmother had two boys. I was like her daughter. Even before my mom passed, that was my second mom. I loved my grandmother with all my heart. I still love her and I miss her dearly. And I have never grieved for her for her properly. I didn't have time to grieve for her when she passed. I had to be so strong for my kids, right? I couldn't fall apart from losing both of them back to back because my children also lost them back to back. And if I fell apart, who was going to be there for them? But I have to allow myself time to process and time to grieve. How am I going to do that grieving? I don't know. How hard it's going to hit me? I don't know. But... When the time comes, I'm ready. And it is what it is. So, I want you guys to love yourselves. Love your family. If you need healing, meditate, pray. Positive affirmations to yourself. Heal yourself love on yourself so you can be loved and you can accept love because when you're not healed and hold you repel love whether you intend to or not your energy you give off in the universe just don't send what you want your way and what you feel you need your way until you have healed or at least started the healing process I want to say thank you for listening. I thank you for your time, your energy. I love you all. Blessings of wealth, good health, and love and happiness to all of you. This is Jade from Jade's Voice. Until next time.